Hello, this is Dr. Roxanne. I'm a chiropractor and a clinical nutritionist. My goal on these podcasts is to educate you on health and wellness topics so you can understand them and use the information to enhance your health and vitality. By understanding the information, you as a listener can make better choices in your daily life. Thank you for listening and go make your day a healthy and happy one. Episode 7, Stress Management. Today I thought I would talk about stress management because this COVID-19 is really affecting many people's life. Many people are getting stressed by it, getting some anxiety, uh, feeling a little bit overwhelmed. So I thought this would be a good time to talk about stress management because really, if you don't learn how to manage your stress, your stress is going to manage you, and that is not a good thing. When our stress goes up, our immunity goes down, and this is not the time that we want our immune system to be compromised. So what is stress? Really, stress is not an actual event, but it's the way your body perceives a situation. And there's so many things that are stressful to some, but are fun to others. And an example that I can give you is I hate getting a manicure and a pedicure. To me, it's so stressful to sit in that chair. I have to stay still. I can't move my hands or I can't move my feet. And I just feel stuck. And I can't, you know, why I'm sitting there do work or anything like that. So it really is not fun to me. It's more stressful. Whereas a lot of my friends, they just love it. My daughter loves it. She wants to go get a mani-pedi. And she loves it because it's stress-free and um, she just really feels she gets pampered and that's her best part of her day. So really when we think about stress, Stress is really defined as any situation or any disturbance that triggers a stress response. So what do I mean by stress response? There's actually something called fight or flight or stress response. It is a physiological event that happens in our body. So what is it? Okay, just pretend I see a lion coming towards me. Seeing that creates a stress response. And what happens is when my eyes perceive the stress, my, the hypothalamus, sorry, hypothalamus, I can't talk, is stimulated in the brain. It releases a hormone to tell the pituitary gland, hey, we got an issue. The pituitary gland releases a hormone to the adrenals and says, hey, we got an issue. And so the two hormones your adrenals will release is cortisol and catecholamines. Catecholamines is really just another word for epinephrine or norepinephrine. That's our adrenaline. So we perceive a stress and boom, our adrenals make cortisol and make adrenaline. Well, that's a good thing because if I'm running away from a lion, I need to have that adrenaline so that I can fight or flee. So when my stress response is activated, my heart rate will increase, 
blood is shunted to the areas of my body that need it to fight or to flee, like my hands, my legs, my glutes, I mean everything to get away from danger. Also, during this time, many things are shut down to conserve energy so I can fight or I can flee. So my digestion's decreased, my detoxification is decreased, my ability to repair uh, from organs or hits that happened yesterday, um, that is also impaired. My immunity is decreased. My body could care less about fighting off viruses or fighting off bacterial infections if I'm about to get eaten by a lion. And then also sex hormones. My sex hormones, so estrogen, testosterone, all those sex hormones are also decreased because you're not, when you're about to get eaten by a lion, the last thing your body cares about is oh, we need to make sure that you can, you know, get pregnant or that you can, you know, think about having offspring. So all these things are pretty much diminished and decreased, again, to allow myself to get away from danger. Now, another thing that's increased is cortisol. And cortisol is real important because not only my adrenaline, that's going so that I can run or fight, but also the cortisol is important because cortisol is if I'm running away from that line and I twist my ankle, okay, I'm not gonna feel it because with this cortisol just going through my veins, cortisol is like an anti-inflammatory. So if my ankle gets twist, I'm not gonna feel it and I can keep running. And then if I'm running for a long period of time and I run out of glucose or I run out of fuel to keep running, that excess cortisol acts just like glucose, it increases glucose, so now I don't have to stop and eat and I'm not gonna run out of gas why I'm running away for this lion. So this stress response is really, really important. Now, there's acute stress and there's chronic stress. Again, if I see a lion and I think I'm about to get eaten, I am so glad that this stress response is going to occur because it can actually help me get away from the danger. However, what if this stress, it wasn't a lion, what if I was stressed because I was afraid to go to the grocery store because I was afraid I was going to get COVID, but I need food, but I don't want to get outside? Um, what if the stress is I'm at home quarantine with um, people that I don't like? Or what if I am, you know, stuck at home and I'm not supposed to go anywhere and I have lots of things to do and I'm worried about finances or all these other things? This is called chronic stress. It isn't a quick thing. This can happen over months and months. Again, the acute stress response is good, but chronic stress is not good because I'm still making that cortisol. You know, I'm still increasing my heart rate. You know, all these, my digestion um, is in trouble now because my body doesn't want to make the digestive enzymes so that I can digest food. My detoxification pathways are hampered a little bit. Um, my ability to repair from, you know, things that I did the day before is gonna be inhibited. Uh, my immune system still compromised. And again, uh, estrogen, testosterone, all our hormones are gonna be a little bit out of whack. So if this goes on for a long period of time, this is not good um, because this will have effects later on. And so what are those effects? We've already talked about the importance of balancing our blood sugar. So as cortisol increases in our system, so does our blood sugar. Even if we're not eating, 
by increasing our cortisol, we're increasing sugar or we're increasing our glucose levels in our body. And now that's going to make our um, blood sugar unbalanced throughout the day. And we discussed this on episode two about the importance of balancing our blood sugar. So now that our blood sugars are out of whack, we're going to feel tired, we're going to feel fatigued, and we're going to be inflamed. And these are all not good things to be having during quarantine. The other thing that happens is that as we have this dump of cortisol and an increase of glucose in our system, remember in episode two, we were kind of talking about that um, our cells can only absorb a certain amount of glucose at one time. So if cortisol is increasing and glucose is dumped in your system, again, your cells can only absorb a certain amount of glucose. And as they're saturated and glucose rises, our body will have to make fat cells to store that excess glucose. So now we're starting to put on weight and because our blood sugar is unbalanced, what's the next thing that's going to happen? We're going to start craving carbohydrates and sugar. And one thing that's bad about that is that's just going to um, increase the vicious cycle of we're eating carbs and sugar, our blood sugar gets high, our blood sugar gets low, we get tired. And when our blood sugar gets low, we have cravings again for carbohydrates and sugar. So it's that vicious cycle that's going to be terrible. But the other thing is eating Carbohydrates and sugar also decreases our immune system. And we don't want to do that in a time like this. But now let's get off the cortisol because we already talked about when I perceive there's a danger. One thing that happens, I, I, my adrenal glands will make cortisol so to help me get away from the danger. But the second thing that happens is I'm making epinephrine and norepinephrine, otherwise known as catecholamines. So when we increase the amount of epinephrine and norepinephrine our body makes, we need B vitamins because B vitamins are the things that actually can metabolize our adrenaline or our epinephrine and norepinephrine. So as we continue to make a lot of these catecholamines, we better have a good supply of B vitamins to help metabolize these things. And what happens though, as you continue to make uh, epinephrine and norepinephrine, because you're still stressed out, and this has been going on for two weeks or three weeks, your B, all the B vitamins you're taking in, I call it like the B vitamin still, your body will make sure that all those B vitamins go to breaking down your adrenaline. So what does that leave? <laughs> Another thing the B vitamins do is it helps your body make um, dopamine and serotonin. So if your body is taking all these B vitamins to break down the adrenaline, you're not going to have enough B vitamins to make dopamine and serotonin. So first you get stressed, but it's only a matter of time, three weeks, four weeks that you're going to get depressed. So under these times of chronic stress, your body will prioritize and use the B vitamins to metabolize the catecholamines, the I can't even talk, the catecholamines before it's going to use them to make your brain neurotransmitters. And again, we are in quarantine. Um, we don't want to be fatigued and tired and now depressed. So what can we do? Is there a way that we can manage this stress? And the answer is yes. When you're under stress, and even though we really don't have control of this stress, there are several things that we need to make sure that we're doing to help combat this stress. And the first one is sleep. 
Sleep is very important. Uh, the body needs to get at least seven to eight hours of sleep. And the reason why sleep is important is because between the hours of 12 and four o'clock, your body will make, and this is 12 a.m. to 4 a.m., you, sh you should be sleeping. Your body makes hormones like growth hormone and other hormones that are used to help repair um, organs, tissues, ligaments, muscles, anything, anything you did the day before, when you sleep at night, your body makes hormones to repair you. If you're not sleeping from the times between 12 and four, then you are not going to be repairing yourself and you'll wake up the next day um, still not repaired and that's not good. The other thing that happens between 12 and four, that's when your liver is very active to detox. So by the foods we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe, our body even makes toxins when it metabolizes certain nutrients. So we have these toxins. So between 12 and four is when our body will actually, our liver will actually um, do the majority of its detoxing. So if you're awake during those times, your liver is not gonna do that and now you're gonna wake up the next morning um, still more toxic than you were the day before. So sleep is really important. And again, research has shown that people that are sleep deprived, their immune system is just really just crashed. So sleep is a really important thing. Another thing that we can do is called relaxation techniques. And it doesn't take a lot of time. You can do it in your car. When you're at a red light, you can do it um, when you get up in the morning and drinking your coffee. If you drink coffee, you can just do it in the middle of the day. If you're just sitting back in a chair and close your eyes and you can do different breathing techniques. There's, um, a, it's called diagrammatic breathing where you take like four breaths in and then you slowly let it out and then you breathe again. You breathe them through your nose to the count of four and then you slowly let the air out through your mouth for the count of four. And you can just do that for a minute. When you are doing deep breathing, your body will not make cortisol. It can't do both. So deep breathing is something really good. There's also something called progressive relaxation. So sometimes I do this before I go to bed. I'm laying down if I feel like I can't go to sleep. It's like I start at my toes and I wiggle my toes and then totally relax them. And then I think about moving my ankle and then relax it. And then I work up to my calves my knee, my thighs, and I work all the way up to the top of my head. And then sometimes I have to do that several times, but that helps all my muscles relax. It helps me relax in a combination with deep breathing. That's really good. It's a really good relaxation technique. And then of course, prayer and meditation. I mean, there's many other ones, but relaxation technique is important. And then of course, diet. Um, we've talked about balancing your blood sugar. And again, that's going to be important during this time. You need to be eating frequently so that we can balance the blood sugar. And also we need to make sure that we're eating low glycemic index foods. So that's mostly protein, vegetables, and a little bit of carbs. Again, um, I believe that's on episode two or three when it talks about how to eat. Um, refer to that if you need more information on how to balance your blood sugar. And then the fourth thing really is there's key nutrients that help with stress. Vitamin D3 with K2 is an important one right now for immu your immune system. Why I like D3 with K2 
is because what D3 does, vitamin D3, is when you eat, the D3 actually will pull calcium from the gut. So when you're eating, um, and the D3 will, will pull the calcium from the gut and use it to your bones or whatever else. Now, one of the big issues when people just did a high amount of D3, um, they did pull out a lot of the calcium from their, from their food. However, the calcium was deposited in soft tissue. So some people were getting like kidney stones. Why it's good to do vitamin D3 with K2? Because K2 actually helps facilitate that when you grab that calcium out of the gut, it's directly going to be deposited only in the bone. So I always suggest people do vitamin D3 with K2 and at least 5,000 international units. Vitamin C is another real important thing, not only for your immune system, but also for your adrenals. When you're really stressed out, we talked about the brain neurotransmitters and the catecholamines. Vitamin C is really important into managing those and helping them from getting burnt out. And then of course, B complex is real important. B5, B6, and I just say all the Bs with folic acid, everything. B complex is really important to help the body um, metabolize the epinephrine and norepinephrine, the catecholamines, but also it just helps with the adrenals because when you're stressed, your adrenals are under a lot of pressure. So this just helps support the adrenal glands. And then again, zinc and magnesium is really important for your immunity. So we want to do D3 with K2, vitamin C, zinc and magnesium, really to focus more on your immunity. But the B complex and vitamin C is also real important to support your stress hormones. There's also other adaptogens. I call them herbal adaptogens. And what that means is there's different herbs that you can take that support your adrenal glands. Um, that's real important too because it just, as your adrenal glands are under stress, because you keep perceiving something as stress and they keep getting message, hey, I'm stressed, make cortisol, make epinephrine, norepinephrine, there are some herbs that kind of will help quiet it down. And so those are all really good things to manage your stress. And then finally, exercise. Again, exercise is really important. And I know when people are quarantined, they just don't feel like it, probably because they're not eating right. So again, we talk about the blood sugar being unbalanced. So they're tired, they're inflamed, they're fatigued. The, the thought of movement is just, sounds terrible. So they're becoming couch potatoes, but you need to exercise. Exercise is a vital part of stress management. Research has even shown that exercise is a stronger antidepressant than a lot of the drugs out on the market. Because when we exercise, we fire up different areas in the brain that help with anti-anxiety and help um, with anti-depression. So exercise is huge. Also, exercise has been shown to keep the brain from breaking down, meaning that as we age and our brain gets older, it actually gets smaller. Exercise is the one thing that keeps the growth of the brain so that you will have less chances of having um, cognitive problems like dementia and some other stuff. But really too, exercise, um, when you exercise, you make endorphins. And I know most of you know that. So you're making different endorphins and different 
hormones that make you feel good. So they're the feel good hormones. And I know every single one of you has done this before. You're exhausted, you're tired. And for some reason you had to get out and do something, whether it was a walk or something. And in the middle of it, you thought to yourself, man, I really feel good. Like, and you feel really good after you did it. Those are endorphins. So exercise is real important to make these good hormones. And again, for those really stressed, I'm not saying you have to go out and do these hits, um, high interval training exercises, or that you have to really push yourself like CrossFit stuff. I'm just saying go out and move and slightly get your heart rate up because some of the times when you're super stressed out, those really hard workouts are just an added stress. They make things worse. So you just want to make sure that you elevate your heart rate a little bit um, enough to where you can have a conversation with someone. If you're, you know, exercising and you can't talk to someone, that's way too hard. You need to be able to carry a conversation on with someone. And it might be kind of interrupted because you're breathing, but you should definitely be able to talk. If you cannot talk, it's too hard. You need to cut back a little bit or slow down whatever exercise you're doing. And, but the same thing is if you can whistle when you're exercising, then you need to up your, um, <laughs> your intensity just a little bit. So exercise is really, really important in overall health. It's also anti-aging, but it's also really important for your stress management. So in conclusion, I just want to say during this time in quarantine, take care of yourself. The number one obstacle I see with my patients for not eating right or not having time to exercise is time. Well, now we have the time. So now's a good time to focus on going to bed before midnight or at midnight and at least getting seven hours. We want to decrease the amount of carbs and sugar and even alcohol you're ingesting throughout the day. Take extra nutrients to support your immune system and your stress response and exercise. All of these things will help make you feel better and make your immune system stronger. I hope you enjoyed um, this talk on stress management. And if you have any questions or if you have any other topics that you would like me to touch on, feel free to reach out to me on my website, drroxanne.com or on my Instagram, drroxanne underscore A-N-W. Hope you have a great week.